Hey guys, I'm guessing you tuned in because you saw the word cannabis written somewhere and you were a little bit intrigued. Well, so am I. And today we are lucky enough to be with Adam Benjamin. Adam is the founding director of Medifarm, a local company on the Sunshine Coast that is dedicated to helping local Aussies get access to the most advanced medical cannabis treatment options. So let's find out a bit more about the Australian cannabis industry. Hi, Adam. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. Nice to be here. So medical cannabis is one of the fastest growing industries worldwide. And I'm from Canada, so I've seen kind of like you said before, the the future of potentially um, medical cannabis in Australia. And I, I read somewhere that it's project the projected compound annual growth rate for the industry is 17.1% from 2016 to 2025. I don't know if that's totally accurate, but I did read it and I thought it was crazy. So you're the founder, founding director of Medifarm, which is Australia's first licensed medical cannabis cultivation and manufacturing company. So for people that don't really know this space and maybe are a bit new to the idea even, what does that mean? Kind of dumb it down. What do you guys do? Um, well, firstly, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you for those um, strong statistics. <laughs> um, and uh, look, Medifarm, I started it in 2015, uh, really to help Aussie patients in medical cannabis. Uh, you see a lot of them overseas in countries, as you say, in Canada, uh, actually in Israel, which was um, the first country in the world to legislate the medical cannabis as a medicine. You see these patients overseas being treated with medical cannabis options. And I thought there are Australians who, uh, when the law changes, deserves a right. We deserve a right to this advanced medicine. So interesting when you look at statistics, um, and obviously people can use statistics to serve their own purpose, but uh, globally we are seeing um, the medical cannabis uptake uh, as twice as big as the dot-com boom. So for those who know and remember what the dot-com boom uh, was and still is, um, I think the latest statistics say it's something like 220%, uh, 223%. So it's almost twice as big. So what that means for regions like the Sunshine Coast, where companies such as ours, such as many farmers set up shop, the job opportunities, the research opportunities, the uh, opportunities, um, and, and what's fascinating in this business is you can come from you know an excellent background in farming agriculture. You can come from an excellent background in research, clinical research. We have, you know, uh, recently the largest uh, health infrastructure in the Southern Hemisphere was completed here on the Sunshine Coast. So that sweet spot where amazing agriculture meets amazing healthcare is here on the Sunshine Coast. So um, we're very fortunate. We do have somewhat a, a window in, into the future where we look to countries like Canada, countries like the US, countries like Israel, um, and interestingly, uh, there are you know, somewhere between 30 and 40 countries now across the world um, that have legislated for medical cannabis. Um, but if I can, for a moment, if you'll indulge me, just take our minds and those listeners at the moment, take your minds back to 1937. Up until 1937, medical cannabis was the most widely prescribed medicine in Western medicine. So all the doctors in the US, all the doctors in Europe were prescribing medical cannabis for many of the medical conditions we see today, epilepsy, chronic pain, palliative care. And so for 80 years of prohibition, because prohibition started around then, where medical cannabis got thrown in the same bag as recreational, which got thrown in the same bag as industrial, which is hemp, the brakes got put on. So medical cannabis now is back. 
and Medifarm is here to bring that tool, that cannabinoid medicine tool, back into the doctor's bag to help patients. Uh, quick question. What actually is the difference between hemp when you say it's industrial? So that means hemp. What does that mean? Yeah, look, it's a fair question if you're not, not directly involved in this industry. Um, look, think of, think of medical cannabis or cannabis really as the genetics. So um, in medical cannabis, in particular with Medifarm's um, exclusive IP partnership with Tikkun Olam, they are the global pioneers in medical cannabis, we have genetic plants that have been purpose-bred for certain conditions. So I guess it's easy for, for people who might be listening to this and they think, well, what's the difference between medical cannabis and recreational? Well, I guess we all know that recreational cannabis is there to get people high. That's what, that, that's what it's for. It's illegal. And I don't really have a view on the recreational um, industry other than we understand that the genetics of those plants get people high. So if you can now imagine the genetics of a particular um, cannabis plant bred for epilepsy or bred for chronic pain. or So when you come into our greenhouse and our facility, which is you know less than a 20-minute drive from where we're sitting here on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, the heart of Australia, um, you will see what to you, even to me, looks like the same types of plants, thousands and thousands of them, but they're not the type, the same type. Row one has the genetics purpose-bred with clinical studies behind them for epilepsy. Row two, chronic pain. Row three, palliative, improving quality of life. So it's very important to understand that you know this is quite an advanced um, science and agricultural crop, uh, and in order to help Aussie patients, I believe that we needed, obviously, we need a license because this is a licensed industry, but we needed the best from overseas to fast track that medicine to Aussie patients. And how did you start this? Like, how did you start believing in the benefits and decide, yeah, this is something I want to do? Yeah. Um, we, there's a Sunshine Coast family, um, and uh, I won't go into the names, but really um, they're a very upstanding family and they lost their eight-year-old son um, to cancer in 2014 and it was terminal and this family who now openly acknowledges that um, towards the end of Sam's life um, they were going to Byron Bay, the laws had not yet changed in Australia and for a law-abiding family, an upstanding family to have to go to Byron Bay um, and a year after Sam passed away I was we were having dinner with their family and, and the father was telling me said, oh, you know, Adam, we, we did go to Byron Bay and it seemed to help Sam. His appetite came back when he was going through chemotherapy and he looked better and he seemed better, but he was unfortunately obviously terminal. Um, and so they told the police, they thought that if, if they were ever stopped with this oil, um, they didn't want to seem as though they were. And the police, of course, having to uphold the law, um, said, well, you know, mate, I'm sorry if we find you, uh, we'll have to do what we do with everyone. Yeah. And when I was when I was just listening to this and I could see in, in uh, Mark's eyes, you know, I just thought you'd never obviously wish this journey upon a family anyway with their son, let alone the weight of the law. And, um, and I vowed that when the laws changed in Australia, we would do this um, – the right way and we would help Aussie patients as best as we can. Wow. It's pretty exciting. You've come a long way. That's that's a pretty daunting journey, but it seems also exciting at the same time. Well, we're very fortunate. Can I tell you, there is a, a bigger power to this and that is um, it's the patient's, it's the patient's well-being, it's the patient's health. And you can imagine if it's your health, 
you stop at nothing to find a solution. And so we don't suggest that medical cannabis is a cure-all. We don't say it works for everything. But as with all tools in a doctor's bag, when this is the right tool and you're the right patient, you should have access to the best in medicine and then the best in research to to help the doctor prescribe that. So that's where we're at. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So um, what do you think, I guess, being kind of in the heart of the industry and also being a forefront leader, what do you think the Australian medical cannabis industry will see upcoming in the next, let's say, five to 10 years? You know, it's an interesting question because when you quote all these big statistics as well, people say, well, you know, um, and I'll give you another statistic. <laughs> the Australian government um, estimates at the moment, although we have now had two, I think almost three years of um, legislated medical cannabis, in other words, it's been legal to acquire it through your doctor in Australia for almost three years. Do you know how often um, that happens? Like, uh, I think it was the 31st of October 2016. Sorry, no, yeah. like how many people actually do get oh, right. okay. so, more yeah, statistics? So... There's about two or 300,000 Australian, this is by the, the federal health estimates, still going to Byron Bay, still going what they would deem for medical purposes. And there are so, only something like 3,500 patients in Australia who are currently being prescribed this. So when you hear of this excitement, you hear of these massive statistics and job opportunities, people try to then say, well, how can I reconcile this against there are only 3,500 patients? How can this be? And it's because if, I don't know if you ever did maths, but if you can remember back to your algebra class with with graphs and they talk about exponential growth, Mm -hmm. when people talk about exponential growth, they get very excited about this sort of rocket ship thing about to take off, going vertically and, you know, it's every year it's twice as big as the year before. What people don't seem to focus on exactly as you're motioning and (laughs) we're in the studio. So that (laughs) means that it only just ticks over. It ticks over for the first long while. It only just, and then suddenly it moves up that steeper part of the curve. 2019 is the beginning of that steep part of the curve. So although uh, there are only three and a half thousand patients um, being prescribed at the moment, I think almost 3,000 of those patients is in the last month or two. I heard it's supposed to be a, a billion-dollar industry with the potential to create thousands of jobs. So what does that sort of mean for your company? I know you're still sort of in the infancy stage. So what does it mean for your projected growth and maybe the types of jobs available in Medifarm? Sure. Um, look, I think we've got something, uh, we've got about 35 employees at the moment, uh, and we are even before our first harvest. So if you can imagine, then once we really become fully operational, um, we would be looking sort of, I guess, somewhere in the order of 70 to 100 employees here fairly quickly. Um, so again, for any of those listeners out there, we're looking for um, the best candidates in uh, quality assurance in terms of pharmaceuticals, uh, people in agriculture, um, people in research and science, even in pharmaceutical sales. Um, so what's very special about this industry um, is, and why the Sunshine Coast is such a golden spot in Australia is the convergence of great agriculture coming together with great healthcare. And so depending on your area of interest in this, you don't have to be interested in farming if you are very interested in clinical research. You might have an idea that, yes, it's grown on a farm under good agricultural practice and it's produced under good manufacturing practice. You might understand that, but you don't have to be a farmer to play in this field. Or alternatively, you might 
have always dreamed of wanting to help patients with plant medicine, but you're not a doctor, you don't have to be a doctor. You can be an outstanding uh, agricultural technician, a farmer. Um, so that's what's amazing. In yeah, this, in the diversity field. is crazy. And, you know, I, I, and then perhaps in the early days, and the Sunshine Coast Council and, and Mayor Jamison has been amazingly supportive of this uh, in terms of visionary almost, because, you know, when somebody like myself comes and says, look, um, this is what I want to do, this is what I believe, um, and I promise you the laws will be changing in only a few months, uh, that's a big leap of faith for governments and, um, you know, sort of regulators to move on. But in the beginning, whilst I, I knew the Sunshine Coast was one of the best, if not the best spots in Australia, it was a little bit of a sales pitch, but it doesn't have to be a sales pitch because where else do you find that coming together of these industries. You know, you can grow this in the middle of Antarctica if you want to, but it's not going to be the same and you're going to have a huge huge electricity bill. And mm. you know, So that's where naturally the Sunshine Coast uh, will become a leading spot. Wow, yeah. I like how you said that's a very good way of um, saying it. Do you guys think that you will be producing any more like different refined products such as things like, I don't know, shampoos or are you doing oils now? So do the plants become oils and that's what patients get? Sure. Yeah. At the moment, we're um, we're coming to market with um, six products that are prescribed by doctors, and they are oils. Um, I can't go into too much detail about the actual products just because of the regulations. But there is a range, as you rightly say. Um, you might say cosmetics, so skin products. Um, but when you talk about products, yes, there's um, in Australia, uh, doctors can prescribe oils. They can prescribe gel caplets. They can prescribe as they rightly should what they see fit works with clinical studies attached to them. So, um, you know, in Australia, uh, the other the very strong um, point, I think, in the medical cannabis industry, which will launch not only the Sunshine Coast, but anywhere in Australia that starts to do this, is if you think there's a $50 billion export market out there already established, and Australia is only one of six countries that can play in that space, and then you say, well, what does Australia do well anyway? Oh, agriculture, healthcare standards. You start to peg Australia right up the top. Uh, and also our standards, um, and not to get too technical, but our standards here for the quality of medicine are the highest. Mm. Ours are as high on a, par for par as the FDA in America. What do you think is going to happen in terms of the Australian recreational cannabis laws? That's a good question, and you'll probably get a lot of views from a lot of people. Um, we 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 are in a medicine. We're, we we are in cannabinoid medicine, and I think, as we were speaking briefly before the interview, um, a good parallel in this industry is to think of the, the poppy industry. Not many people know, but um, opiate medicine, so, you know, Panadine Forte and OxyContin and all these opiate medicines are largely... Uh, derive from poppies that you grow on the farm. And Tasmania, interestingly, Tasmania grows 52% of the world's poppies. So mm. over half the opiate medicine in the entire world gets grown from Tasmania. Tasmania. And that has been a remarkable industry for them. So if you can think of our industry as cannabinoid medicine, not opiate, cannabinoid medicine, we are playing in the medicine world of cannabis. And if you now said to a, a poppy grower in Tasmania who sends his poppies off for extraction to a pharmaceutical company, oh, what are your views of 
of the heroine, what the heroine trade, he'd probably look at you sort of with a quizzical look and think, well, how does that have anything to do with me? Yeah. And it is similar. Most people won't see it that way, but it is similar in this space because medical cannabis is genetically different to recreational cannabis, and that's just how it is. So, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, going back to 1937 where medical cannabis was removed from the doctor's bag, can you imagine what would happen today if authorities said to doctors who do a lot of prescriptions with opiates, yeah. oh, we've decided, the governments of the world have decided that this opiate medicine is really heroin, we're going to ban the lot. You can imagine that doctors would go uh... ballistic. And that's what happened back in 1937. They said, you've just taken our number one tool out of our bag, medical cannabis. What do you want us to use? Yeah. And so even, you know, to a lot of people who are listening to this, they might think, well, yes, this is a remarkable business, but how come the world didn't know about medical cannabis? We did. We knew a lot about it 80 years ago. Yeah. And all of us, you, me, all the learned doctors out there, the researchers, the professors, we all grew up through an era of prohibition. And even for those who were studying perhaps this as a medicine before laws changed, they just wanted to understand it as a science, there was only a a limited amount of focus they could have because even if they discovered something remarkable, whose product were they going to use? Mm. And now we're at a very interesting moment in time and an exciting time for Medifarm but our region and certainly helping Aussie patients. Yeah, you're you're pretty courageous to be one of the first key players in, in this industry for Australia. And, um, you know, it is a bit risky in that sense. So what would be your advice to somebody else that might be looking to take a leap of faith and, and start their own company? Can I tell you, um, you know, in business, I've, you know, you've got to get as much right as you can internally setting your business up. You've got to get a lot right, everything right, really, to make it. Um, but in this business, a lot outside of our hands has also gone right. We're very fortunate. So an example, when we first got our licences, there was no export opportunity. The government happened to come, come to us as a, as a first mover and they said, well, what would our views be if they wanted to uh, suggest export opportunity? We said, look, that sounds fabulous for industry, but we came to market to help Aussie patients. So we'll be helping Aussies first. And if there's extra in a year's time or two and the market's there, we'll export. But if somebody's listening to this and thinking, oh, look, I'd like to get involved, um, I guess the way we've looked at it, and I hope this helps anyone out there, um, firstly, do what you do best and try to apply that part to the medical cannabis industry. Most people just think of this as, oh, I want to be a grower and that's what I'm going to do. Right. But there are so many, as you can probably now see, there are so many aspects to this from plant to patient, you can almost find any job, any job through that through that whole process. So if, I'm just thinking out loud, if you're an amazing um, quality assurance manager for a pharmaceutical company, but you've always wanted to do something in a new space, you are a perfect person to move in quality assurance from pharmaceuticals to quality assurance medical cannabis. It's a lot easier to come at it from, from that um, that direction than, oh, I'm a person who's always known a lot about medical cannabis or cannabis and yeah. I want to become a quality assurance manager. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot easier. So, so those opportunities are there. Um, and also if you really want to make a difference. But, you know, generally, you know, the lessons I've learned in business, uh, and you're quite right, you know, there's no 
There's no greater risk profile than startup pioneering industry. I can't find one. For some reason, I liken it a little bit to, I don't know if you ever watched it, but a lot of, probably some people will remember, Days of Thunder was quite a, quite a popular um, car racing. It had Tom Cruise in it and was this stock car racing. Was it a movie? It was a movie. Oh, okay. And where's this going, you might be thinking. So the stock car racing is, you know, from Canada, yeah, they go round and round the same oval track as fast as they can. Yeah. So they're going round and round. And sometimes I think of this business as stock car racing in terms of, in stock car racing, they say, if there is a massive accident in front of you, you're going along 300 k's an hour and there's a massive crash in front of you, they tell the drivers, put your foot down on the pedal and go faster. And you might think, there's a crash ahead of me. Why would I, and I'm trying to relate this go in business it, terms, yeah. why would I go faster if we think we may or may not get our license, if we think we may or may not get our first crop? Why would I double down and put more money in or bring in more employees? Yeah. Because in Daytona, what they say is by the time you get to the accident, those cars will have hit each other and they will spread apart and you get to zip straight through the middle and you're ahead. It's quite oh, a high risk yeah. because occasionally they <laughs> don't come through. But that's the only way. Yeah. And to date, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not that philosophical, if you like, but I, I believe we're doing it for the right reasons, to help Aussie patients there's something very, very special and, and powerful beyond us. Yeah. So it's been – plus, you know, when you do something you love, when you – really when you do something you love, um, you don't have to sort of climb out of bed each day thinking, oh, another day. Yeah. It pulls you out of bed. Now, that's not that every day is just a walk in the park, but it sure helps to pull you out of bed and think, now, what am I going to do today? How am I going to help? Oh, we've got this to overcome or we need – so – Again, going back to why the Sunshine Coast is such an amazing region, the support for what we need, the health infrastructure, the climate. You know, we may be the best farmers in the world, but if the sun's not shining, then what? Mm. You know, so, so there are these things that are just um, extraordinarily helpful. And what about the Sunshine Coast culture in terms of business culture? So somebody else that maybe is thinking of, of moving or, or wants to come here and work for a company or start up their own, what would you say, not in terms of healthcare or um, agribusiness, but just in general, the community here, what would you, what would be your, what would you tell someone? The best. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty simple. <laughs> you know, somebody said the other day, they, you know, as if like, like I'm meant to know the answer to these things. I said, oh, so what do you do to, you know, stay cool, calm, collected when you have a big day? And uh, let's go for a walk on the beach. It's awesome. Go and get, you go, go for a yeah. swim. And really, I think that's why this region is coming into its own. Obviously, there are some big industries that are needed here and health infrastructure and all these amazing projects going ahead. But it's an important question as to the support. Don't just go for a walk on the beach. You know, that sounds like a lovely, it is lovely actually, but how does that support you in business? Um, we've also worked very closely with the University of Sunshine Coast, I guess, as you know, um, and the Innovation Centre through um, Mark Paddenberg and, and their team is amazing. The, the support they provide to companies, um, various phases in companies' lives, um, we've set up a sales office there and a team there, and uh, it's unbelievable. It's very, it's not only is it very helpful, but it's one of the leading programs in Australia. And one thing I learnt uh, probably only a couple of years ago is, you know, you get some big universities across Australia, you get some big ones across the world, and no doubt they have big and good reputations. But the University of Sunshine Coast is only something like twenty years old, mm. and 
that means is the flexibility, the speed with which university can move is a lot faster than the sandstone universities, those older universities. So um, the time is right to uh, really, um, I think, hit the ground on the Sunshine Coast. We're here, but um, it really shouldn't just be for us in, in this industry. Wow. I, I, I think the company's awesome. I guess being from Canada, it's not foreign to me. So a lot of people, when you talk to about it, they're still kind of in the back kind of old school headspace of, whoa, 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 what? But you are right. And I think you explained it really well, how it is so, so different to recreational cannabis. Um, and I just can't wait to see how the business grows. Cause how many, so you're 35 employees now, how many were you six months ago? Um, six months ago, probably, I don't know, 15, 20. Okay, so you've almost, well, maybe doubled, yeah, it's a lot. And we're even we're starting to, we, we need more people. So really, for those of you who are listening to this, please, um, you know, put in a CV to, you know, medifarm.com.au. So just and, go uh, on the website? Yeah. Okay. So when you ask, you know, where can a person get involved, well, Medifarm, we, we've certainly got, you know, a whole range of um, positions available, um, but look far beyond, far beyond. We are in a moment in time where, you know, that you, you, you really can get involved in, in new industry, but on the basis of your existing strengths. And the Sunshine Coast is the place to do it. Number one. Thank you so much for coming, Adam. Pleasure. Thank you. was Adam Benjamin, the founding director of Medifarm. If you want to find out a little bit more about Medifarm or look at their vacancies, please go to medifarm.com.au. If you're liking these podcasts, please give us a share and watch out for upcoming episodes coming your way.